A.B. Stoddard is our next guest. She's a Real Clear Politics Associate Editor and columnist, a returning guest, and a terrific writer. A.B. Stoddard's column, which I saw at realclearpolitics.com, lawmakers are leaving Congress. Well, why would they stay? That was clickbait for me. As 30 members, 19 Dems, and 11 Republicans have announced their exit from the House of Representatives, more are expected. A.B., welcome back to WDLS. Here in uh, this state, Adam Kinzinger has decided to take a different avenue. I'm reading about Pete Meyer in Michigan. He may decide not to run or certainly not win his primary. I can't believe Liz Cheney wants to stay in the Republican Party. Is this more than just history? This is a larger trend, isn't it? It is. What you're going to see is more Democrats leaving than Republicans, obviously, because they are about to lose power in the House um, next next year, and they're and, and they're likely to lose it in the Senate as well. And so you see this rush for the exits um, because people on the Democratic side don't want to be, be in the minority. But you also see just a different view of of the job and a different view of of the institution. Uh, uh, everything has really changed this year for a lot of people. The idea that Congress is a place where you send viral tweets and you fundraise off of them and you say outrageous things and you say them on, on cable TV, that, that is not new, but it's escalated. But really what's happened this year in terms of uh, January 6th and the divisions between the two parties in the chamber, um, the, the idea that um, you're not really there anymore to pass bills, you're there to kind of fight against the other party, and you saw that with the move to strip 13 Republicans of their committee assignments because they supported the popular bipartisan infrastructure bill that 19 Republican senators supported. This is just really um, overcoming the honor that people feel about serving in the House and so in my conversations, I spoke to members of both parties, and what was common is that they really don't want to say that on the record. They don't want to say I'm leaving because this place sucks now. <laughs> but they, no, because they, you know, they, they want to honor their constituents and the office and their country by saying it's time to leave and go home with family. But I spoke to members who are leaving and members who are thinking of leaving. And it so, was just universal in both parties, yeah. um, this feeling that it is, it's not what it was. And um, from the death threats to the fighting on Twitter to the total permanent gridlock, they're really fried. They're really burnt out. So the business model, the, the mission statement has changed from providing legislation and divvying it up and uh, compromise and talking it over and deciding where the dollars go. It's gone from that, that tradition, to... Posing your family in front of a tree with uh, weapons and raising a lot of money. Right. And um, the idea that something like, um, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greene is always the example because it's not that Gosar, you know, Paul Gosar messes up because he sends out this violent anime video because he thinks it's going to appeal to young people, which in and of itself is extremely stupid and it's irresponsible and it doesn't, they fit, you know, the, the decorum of, of a member of the House of Representatives to do that to a colleague. AOC is apparently, I haven't watched the video, but, you know, the victim in the video. But the idea that Lauren Boebert would then make some insulting comments about Elon Omar and likening her to a terrorist. And then, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene says, don't apologize, don't back down. Um, and then, you know, she calls Nancy Mace trash. 
um, another Republican colleague. This is the kind of thing where you, you, if you're a member of Congress, you, you literally can't win. You can't get a bill passed because the Congress doesn't really operate anymore, except at the last hour before a government shutdown to ram through the same numbers they passed last year. No one gets to see it. That's the only legislating that they do. In the meantime, if you empathize with someone, if you stick up for someone, you know, you're going to face um, full-on, you know, partisan combat from members of your own conference. This is it's one thing to fight the other party, but it's another when they're turning on their own, and it's a zoo. And it's Republicans are feeling a lot of pressure about that, um, how incendiary it is on their side. And then Democrats, of course, just feel um, the same, that the institution is prefer performative fundraisers who like to, you know, just exist on social media and go um, work up their profile for a future job in cable news or whatever. And, um, and they, they, they're burnt out on, on the, on the gridlock and, and they, and they, it, it was just, a, it was really, it was really incredible to hear. Uh, they, they, a lot of them want to stay because they're afraid they want to like show their constituents at home that the Congress is still worth serving in. They want to show their colleagues it's still worth serving in. But they're really, you know, they're just really fed up. A.B. Stoddard is here from Real Clear Politics. I don't think a change in leadership makes any difference. McCarthy is clearly terrified of his caucus, and Pelosi didn't punish uh, Maxine Waters uh, for her comments a couple of years ago. So a change in leadership is pretty much moot, right? Yeah, I, in my view, I think um, Pelosi would probably, on balance, crack down more than future uh, leaders on the Democratic side. I think everyone's going to move in that direction, right, where you don't you punish anyone for anything, that there are no more rules, there's no more decorum, there's no more codes of conduct at all. Um, I think she does stuff behind the scenes to keep some of them in line, but she certainly didn't um, sanction Maxine Waters for her comments during the Trump administration about you know, going out and, and, yeah. and, you know, making, make, intimidating these people and half harassing them and everything. And it, it, it's, and it's just of a piece, right, of the trend that we're seeing where there, there are no rules because no one, no one will enforce them. So is no there, is there any silver lining to this trend? Is this a recalibration or is this just the beginning of the end? Well, obviously, um, it's really hard to come to Congress if, you, if you're a great American who wants to serve knowing that you have to face death threats and that kind of uh, negative partisanship and, and gridlock. I, I, I hope that, um, you know, that something reverses the trend, but it is when you send the best people home and, and, and people literally feel for their, fear for their lives, it, it's just hard to recruit the best of us to represent us in the Congress. It's, it's, um, I, I really hope it changes because they represent us. The, the president does not. The executive branch does not. The Congress represents us. But um, people have to care enough about this and, and really um, do their best to change the discourse and not reward fighting. I mean, literally fighting is now the number one priority, and, and we, we just can't function if that's, if that's the priority. WWF. A.B. Stoddard, thank you for your time. Much appreciated. I don't think we're going to talk again before the uh, New Year, so Happy New Year. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks. A.B. Stoddard from Real Clear Politics, the associate editor and a columnist.